Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia Apostol, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears. We will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Oh, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I can't even tell you I've been fangirling all day because we have Luna Matatas here with us. And Luna, I was just telling Luna, I am fangirling because I have been following Luna for years and years. And so the opportunity to chat with her is just Oh, like I almost can't talk. Almost. I can still talk, (laughs) which is good for a podcast, but I was just like, so, so happy. So Luna, tell everyone about your wonderful self. Oh my God, Sophia. (laughs) I'm so glad to be here with you. And I so appreciate the love. It's mutual. And I love that, that I get to be here to be in this conversation about fat joy. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just so excited to be here. And I think it's it's such a beautiful uh, thing for me personally, too, to be able to start to have conversations and build community around, around Fat Joy and connect with, with other people. And when I first started doing this work, one of the barriers I thought would, would happen for me is that I didn't look like other people who were doing sexy work, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't look conventionally attractive. And a big part of that is not being thin. And uh, so right? I because, actually, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, because you are a sex and pleasure edu- educator, like this is what you do in the world. Yes, yes. Yes. And being a sex and pleasure educator is is something that, you know, I, I think I always knew that I wanted to get into as soon as I started working in sexual health. And so my foray into this world was through more of a public health perspective. And I was teaching in Eastern and Southern Africa, and I was teaching all over. I'm based in Toronto, but I was teaching all over Ontario and Canada. And it was, you know, I could talk till I was blue in the face about condoms and STIs and people would come up to me afterwards and be like, yeah, but how do I put it in her butt? Or how do I get him to do that thing? And And it's like, pleasure is actually the lubrication that was missing in all of those conversations. We can't talk about sexual health and safety, right? Without talking about pleasure. I Um, just love that sentence. Hang on. Pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was the lubrication that was missing? Oh, yeah. so good. We were trying to dry fuck sexual health, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, and how fucking boring is that? Yes, yes, oh. it's so boring and it's so ineffective because yeah. a lot of people, even when we're talking about consent and and these kinds of conversations, these workshops don't land unless we engage yeah. our desire to ha- give and receive pleasure, right. and most of us didn't get that in high school. I went to a Catholic high school. I learned nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Like I did not come from a sex positive household. My Caribbean parents, like 
we did not talk about sex. I thought my Volvo was called my pum pum. You know, like I didn't know yes, anything. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I just say, share? So my mother-in-law yes. lives with us and we have this companion that comes and spends time with her every day. And we're talking about, sh- you know, shower care for my mother-in-law. Anyway, and this woman who was so lovely called her cookie. And I was like... <laughs> I've never heard that term. And I looked at her, I was like, I was like, you know, we can say vulva in this house. <laughs> and she, and she did, I was just, it was like in good, we have, we have a great relationship. I wasn't like, you know, making fun or insulting, but it was just like, so funny to hear someone say cookie. Cause yeah, yeah there is still, there's so much, oh gosh, stigma it and is, shame and avoidance of all things related to yeah. body and the body's pleasure. Oh my gosh. And I love that you said that, that you, you gave this person permission and that's what a lot of us need. If you want to call it your cookie, call it your cookie. But most of us feel that we're not allowed to say these words, that they're actually dirty words. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so interesting. All right. I want to ask you, because we're, I mean, we're just going to go deep dive into sex for sure and pleasure. And I can't wait to talk about fat sex, which is something I'm so interested in as a fat woman who loves sex. Um, Yes. I want to start though with this word fat and your connection to it, your relationship to the word fat. Like what has been your journey with that piece? Oh my gosh. I'm sure it's very similar to a lot of people where it was like the most demonic, horrible thing I could ever be called. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that I used to self-censor myself and feel like because I am this adjective, then I can't do certain things or I shouldn't do certain things. So a lot of appropriateness and respectability kind of politics and behavior came for me hearing the word fat. And I remember I was on a date with someone and um, they said to me, oh, I love a fat femme. And I was like, they noticed I'm fat. Ah! <laughs> you know, I was like, oh God. Uh, and so it, it, the compliment was, was lost. It was totally <laughs> lost. I was like, and, and it's amazing because my relationship to the word, like most of us has been so powerfully emotive. And so it, it really mm. triggers not just a, an intellectual response of like, oh yes, oh. I am this size, which is considered fat. It's really about wrapped up in all the things that we've been told about fatness. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to even move to places of neutrality, move to places of joy, move to places that are not about self-objectifying myself, whether I'm fat or not fat, or care if I'm fat or not fat, but making my appearance really the the least interesting thing about me has helped me get more towards joy because joy Uh. is not in what we look like. It really just isn't. Right. And I just have to say it's radical that sentence is radical when we're going to be talking about sex and pleasure, because Mm. there's such an assumption of, Oh, it's just how your body looks. Right. Like more, I think more than other areas of our life, because we're naked for the most part or in. Yes. Right. So (laughs) I love that. It's like, let's take away that, that, that piece doesn't need to be front and center when it comes to pleasure, when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to sex. Because that's what stops a lot of fat folks, myself included, clients I've worked with, um, speaking for myself in the past, that would have stopped me in so many ways of, oh my God, I can't like do what I want to with this person because then my clothing needs to come off and I'm not okay with that. And so this whole journey towards accepting fat, letting go of um, 
this, that, you know, the kind of the social construction, beauty ideal, all that stuff has been so important. And I'm curious for you, like, when did that start to shift for you, especially when you're doing this type of work? Ooh. Oh, yes, yes. And yeah, you said you said it so well that kind of moving away from that stuff, it, it actually opens up so many pleasure possibilities. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll get on top. We'll like do some yeah. face today. We'll like, you know, people with a six pack, they're not having more orgasms than I am. You know, <laughs> like it has nothing to do with what their body is shaped like. And right. uh, sex is so much about feeling. And so for me, I was in a 10 year uh, monogamous relationship, a marriage. And after I got divorced, I mean, like so many people, I had lost myself in the relationship, like any kind mm-hmm. of connection to my dreams, my being. And uh, I remember being um, happy to to kind of have, have been out of it and have the courage to, to have left. But I also was very aware of this emptiness that that was was inside of me. And a big part of it wasn't just from the marriage. It was it was so much about feeling that this body was getting in the way of everything Mm. that I wanted to do or wanted to have. Right. Yes. Like if only my body looked different (laughs) then I literally just had a coaching session with a client about this this morning. If only this, then my life will be the way I want it. If only my body were thinner, then my life will be the way I want it. And then she, and what she said was so profound. And I think this, I'm so curious to your thoughts on this too, is because she said she kept thinking that her whole life and now she's in her sixties and she realized, hang on, that's not true. Yeah. And like yeah. the grief that comes with that. No. Ooh, the grief. Absolutely. And I think for some people, I mean, you know, if we're trying to get this from like Instagram kind of therapy, it's that's not the work, you know, that that let yeah. that be, you know, the match to the like fire that you're building. And um for me it was it was actually being very determined to fall in love with myself. Mm. I thought I have to build a relationship back to myself. And that includes the parts of myself that I really don't know or don't like. And um, I started taking burlesque because I thought, (gasps) you know what? This is going to push me in (laughs) out of my comfort zone. These people are jiggly and they're sequined. And, you know, and burlesque is also about rebellion. It's, It's like throwing this owning of body and b-a-w-d-y into yeah uh, you know our our erotic selves in in performance but it's also about es- expression and seduction and um that helped me that helped me see parts of myself that I thought were um really horrible like I, mm. I I'm like most people I have trouble accepting my belly And, um, you know, when your belly is covered in glitters and you're just wearing pasties (laughs) and people are cheering for you, nobody is looking at you in the way that we've been taught to look at ourselves, which is cuts of meat, right? If this part (gasps) is not good, then you are not good. So when you do that body checking in the mirror in the morning and you're like, oh, I look cute. But then you start tugging at the clothing, at the parts of yourself you don't like. That's when you start to reduce yourself to your some of your parts. And that's just not the way it is. No, you know, it's so interesting. I had a moment like that when I went to a sex club for the first and only time because then COVID hit, but um, I had the most profound experience at the sex club. I went with um, a couple friends who were poly, um, polyamorous, and then, um, but, and I, I had so many assumptions and expectations about what it would be like. And I know you teach a class on this, like kind of around going to sex clubs. And it was the exact opposite, Luna, of what I thought it would be. I have never been in such 
a welcoming, open, sex positive, my body was perfect exactly as it is space. And also where I did not once feel like a piece of meat from any of the people around me. Like I do, like I would, like if I went to a club or something, you know, like it was, and I remember it was, it stuck with me. It's been years and years, but it has stuck with me because of like that being in a space of total acceptance and also being surrounded by lots of different types of bodies, enjoying themselves. Mm. It was amazing. It was truly amazing. I'm so glad you did that and that you're sharing about it because I, oh yeah, live sex is, is one of the most powerful things you can do for your, your sexual confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't look like porn. It doesn't sound like porn. And um, there's such an intimacy of like, almost seeing a a pleasure bubble around people versus like, oh, look at their toned thigh or look at, you know, their flat stomach. It it really doesn't get reduced to that. And did you have any moments of, of um, self-consciousness at all? Like I did, I did, I did because I couldn't engage. So I basically Mm. watched (laughs) the whole time. Okay. Um, And I wasn't with a partner and I wasn't sure I was kind of, this is after my divorce, I was single and I was kind of thinking, I was exploring kind of kink world, fetish world, kind of thinking about what's, what am I drawn to? Cause I know there's things I'm drawn to. And I was like, oh, maybe I can explore this. And I was, I was just really in such an open um, part of my life and exploring pleasure. And um, yeah, so the self-consciousness came for me when it was, I, there, there were, invitations to have sex, um, or to play, even it may, it may not have been penetrative sex. It could have been, you know, uh, just, ex- you know, playing with other people's bodies. Um, but it was interesting. It wasn't the hesitation and the self-consciousness wasn't about my body. It was about, um, where am I in relation to my own pleasure? So it was interesting. It wasn't body based. It was more like, who am I if I allow pleasure, which also Mm. led to some really important um, learnings and reflection for me on how much pleasure has not been acknowledged in my past and the way I was raised. And so it actually ended up being more about that, that I actually thought would be my body. I was like, oh my God. And I kept my bra on because I was like, I can't let my boobies hang. Um, Like a whole thing. Um, And it wasn't about body at all. So that was the surprise of that. And that was beautiful. And then the surprise of, oh, ooh, this is like a deeper thing I need to like reparent and figure out and, you know, society really does a number on us, this kind of puritanical way we um, engage with pleasure and intimacy and sex. So yeah, yeah, I that was that you, the, you, the thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. It it, it just made me think of um, even fat bodies. Like we, we have a lot of obedience rules on. Yes. You know, like I, uh, yeah, like sucking in your stomach or making yourself smaller or trying to angle your body in like a more attractive, I'm doing air quotes, attractive ways. (laughs) And and to be in an environment like a a sex club, it really kind of um, provokes a lot of of what we thought about what we deserve and the pleasure that we allow into our space. So I remember being 
you know, sweaty as fuck because I would not not wear a cardigan during the summer with yes. a summer dress. Right? Oh like, gosh. I'm sure people can relate to the whole Like, gotta hide my arms. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotta hide my arms. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've also, I think a lot of the rules around, um, especially if, if you're a woman, uh, or your AFAB, you know, rules around breasts and rules around, um, you know, kind of like, like you said, like you didn't want them kind of hanging. And so mm. we think that perkier breasts are, right? are the, the most attractive. And really these are, this is a lot of conditioning, whatever yeah. you find attractive, there is no way that the majority of that has not been socialized. In yes. You, right. We don't even know anymore. Like I don't, no, we don't, we don't even know anymore. What like true, like what we're truly drawn to or how, what we're attracted to. It's been so un, non-consensually given to us. And I, I hate Oof, that yeah. so much, Luna. Like me too. It causes me rage. And I love that earlier you mentioned rebellion. And I feel like that rebellion energy is what has fired me up to like have these conversations. Cause I'm just like, fuck that. You don't get to do yes. that. <laughs> you yes. know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember when I, I started, it was actually during COVID. I started um wearing underwire bras less because I was like, yes. who am I seeing? Whatever. Yeah. And I remember the first few times I went out, I really cared of what people thought. And mm. I was like, oh, this person's thinking this. And especially men, I really felt, mm. you know, the the power of the male gaze that whatever body size you're in you are subject to. And so without knowing we're concerned about men finding us desirable and attractive because that's attached to power. It's like, it's not your fault. It's absolutely attached to these rewards that we're told we should have under things like patriarchy. And um, I remember one day I was like jiggling around and and I saw (laughs) someone look at me, which I thought was like with disgust, right? We just interpret any kind of look as like disgust. And I remember thinking, I felt sad immediately. And then I thought, I don't give a fuck what this man <laughs> thinks. What does he? Yep. And I felt I tuned in to feeling yeah. the sun on my shoulders. I tuned mm. in to the music I was listening to. And so this yeah. is a lot of the techniques that I, I teach during sex is that we have to get back into the body. But yeah. for a lot of us, that's scary. This body has not been a safe place. Society no. has really been violent to fat bodies. Yep. So if you struggle, I get it. It's not as easy as being like, I'm not going to care. You know, it's yeah. it's actually the experiential kind of like this it's almost exposure but it's it's supportive it's like giving yourself permission to be in the places and see what will happen and believe that you have the support to survive what might happen there which is probably going to be nothing you know this man has never thought about me again I don't know what he looks like Mm -hmm. you know for me it was it was almost like confirmation of that belief that still lives in me yeah absolutely oh that's such a great example of the power dynamic that comes into all of this too. Um, I'm so curious, Luna, um, about fat sex in general. Like, do you find people come to you saying like, like I I have, it's so funny, isn't I'm forming as even as I'm forming this question, like I have so many assumptions about what I think people come to you with. So why don't I just not do that and ask you? (laughs) Because I'm oh like, my God, but this... now I want to know what do you oh, think? Oh, <laughs> I feel like I can imagine fat people coming to you, and maybe this is a reflection of like the things that I would think about would be, and that I have thought about would be like, well, how like how do I do certain things? How do I do certain positions with my body the way it is? With any also, too, there's injuries and body limitations. It's not just fatness, right? Like I have a ripped knee from a skiing accident years ago, and so many can only do certain things. So I feel like I'm often thinking about, okay, how can we get creative and playful? 
um, with my body the way it is? And how do I, I mean, I actually know the answer to this because I do it, but years ago I wouldn't have, which is, and how do I be okay with that? And how do I not feel like my partner may not be? So I, so that's something that I think I wonder if people come to you about kind of like, how do I be confident in my body and use it the way I want to, to have pleasurable sex? Is that something that comes up a lot? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I teach a, a plus size sexy skills class. And nice. oh, I'm going to sign oh, up for that I one too. Oh, you should. You would love it. You would love it. <laughs> um, and uh, the I only started teaching that during the pandemic because nobody would book it in person. And nobody wanted to book it because the shops were supportive. You know, I usually teach at feminist, queer, body positive shops, but Mm. um, based on their experience, fat people don't want to come out to a Mm -mm. fat people thing because most of us have been taught that these bodies should be temporary, that there is a thinner, happier person living in us. So why would you dress, support, skill build? for this body, you know, and also why would you, right? Exactly. And why would you want to, you know, heaven forbid be seen with other fat bodies? Oh yeah. Cause then that's a reflection on you being okay with being a fat person. And then that's where it spirals all the other stuff you just said. It's so interesting, right? Yeah. Yes. You nailed it. And so as soon as I got the chance to teach online, I mean, that webinar is pretty popular um, along with my sexual confidence one, which is more general, but you're right in the, in that one, I do focus more on things like the, the internalized fat phobia that actually cock blocks our orgasms. You know, it's Uh, like, you'll have a partner who's like, "Mm, you're so juicy. I can't Mm -hmm. wait. I love this part. And you're like, my God, what do I look like with my arms? And and so, (laughs) so I teach a lot lot of like, um, sensation techniques. And so sensations are, are things that can help our bodies actually engage our senses. And so changes in contrast of pressure, temperature, texture, speed, any of those things can actually remind you that you have a body during sex. And so how to get us out of our heads. Is that why? Because we go into our heads and that's where we then cock block our own orgasm. Absolutely. And if you're in your head, you know, your erotic imagination is a big part of your arousal. And so if you're worried about, oh, in doggy, my stomach is hanging. That's a valid, you know, fear. I get why you have that. Um, But it's actually getting in your way. It's and, you know, there's there's nothing you can do to talk yourself out of that. It really is about feeling more during sex instead yes. of thinking. That's and so, sorry. I keep interrupting oh, you. Okay. I, I need to not. No, I'm no, just no. like, I love this so much. Okay, keep going. No, I love your interruptions. <laughs> yeah, I, I just had one more thing to add to that, yeah. which is that um, I think like even saying to your partner, you know, and just being like, babe, I, I like love having sex with you, but I kind of get into my head sometimes. So if you notice that's happening, like I might need to take a little break, you know, I might need to kind of slow things down. I might need to check in with myself. So please, please don't worry. And so when we tell people about the shame that we have, then we remove the shame on top of the shame. Like, I don't want to be the unconfident fatty in bed, you know, but like sometimes I am. And so giving yourself that setting yourself up for comfort and support and giving yourself permission to receive that from your partner and from yourself, that actually also creates a safer environment. So your, your little cute fat self feels safer being here, that this is not going to be what the worst case scenario is. This is not going to be what happened when you got fat cat called or somebody didn't like you and called you a fat bitch. You know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be those things. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. What did you wow. want to say? Sorry. That's it. Oh, <laughs> no, I just love that. I forgot what I was going to say. I don't even know. Oh, yes, sorry. But no, no, no. But what you just said was so powerful because, because here's, it's so interesting. So from a coaching perspective, I'm always thinking about how do we action these things mm. that we want, right? So what you're speaking to is so powerful. It's like the courage, the end. I mean, this is Brene Brown stuff, right? Around vulnerability and courage, mm. how that just being able to say like, Hey babe, I might need to take a break. And designing that with your partner is so vulnerable and so powerful. And I can imagine so many people being really aware of, yeah, I'd love to say that. And I think back to myself, you know, kind of where I was on this journey, even just a few years ago, and even just saying that would feel so shame inducing, it would probably stop me. So how do you, how how do you build someone towards even being able to verbalize something that has been so shameful for probably decades, you Ooh, know, yeah. like, like it's, naming it, naming the fatness. That was a, that was a huge thing in my journey. Like just being like, yep, I'm fat. Yes, and like just yes. naming it. So how do you, how do you help people with that Luna, especially in the context of like, um, we're going to be naked together, you know? Yes. Yes. I think that um, it's such a great question because we think of sex uh, often as, as partnered. And so like the, the fat stuff is going to come up because we think our, our partner doesn't think we're sexy or that we're not going to be able to do the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, there's so much of sex that's actually about our erotic relationship to ourself. So if you're yes. just practicing this stuff in the bedroom, it's definitely going to take you a lot longer. And so I have pregame rituals. Like I have to check in with myself. So that means, you know, maybe making eye contact in the mirror and giving myself a smile. And mm. I have an affirmation I use, which is I'm beautiful. I'm enough. And I have everything I need. So oh, no matter what happens, yes. like I can't get on top. I can't do this. Like, it's not going to devastate me. I might be disappointed or embarrassed, but it's not going to get to that level of devastation. And that kind of of connection to your erotic self, you know, it can be done through affirmations. It can be done through mirror work. Uh, Two of my other favorite ways is uh, sensual movement. And Mm -hmm. so you don't need to be choreographed. I don't care. Put on your favorite sexy ass like stripper (laughs) song, roll around in your bed. And we actually want to do this without mirrors because we want to feel what it's like for our body to expand what parts of ourselves, you know, feel sexy. It could be your leg versus, you know, your chest or kind of demystifying what we've been told is sexy about bodies. And then the the other thing is so important is that this sensual practice, there are so many ways that I, I suggest doing it, but it has to be daily. And, Mm. um, Oh, I love that. Okay. That could be anything from, you know, erotic self is not just about sex. It could be about food. And so for me, it's very much about turning off Netflix and sitting with my food, lighting, you know, a candle or putting on music and creating these sensual opportunities for yourself whenever they can happen. It could also be, you know, you're just standing in line for Starbucks and you start to just notice, oh, my hips or I unconsciously suck in my stomach all the time, which has messed up my pelvic floor so much. And so I have all this 
attention because I'm constantly sucked oh. in. And um, so even things like that, like allowing your belly to fall out and just yes. taking a big breath in that body, that's a sensual erotic moment. Yeah. Making oh. art is erotic. You know, washing your hair by candlelight is erotic. Like yes. any of these things are so simple, um, but we we don't feel that we deserve it. And often, especially as women, we've been taught that our sexuality is for men, whether we're queer mm-hmm. or not, or we're heterosexual. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really about this idea that you are a vessel for somebody else's pleasure, but you're a vessel for your own pleasure. You, mm-hmm. you need a full, full cup of erotic juice so that when you play with other people, it actually overflows. They get the overflow. They never get like what you need to sustain this relationship to yourself. Oh my God. I just want you to repeat all that again. <laughs> yes, It is yes. so, yes. <laughs> like I just want to, yes, 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 yes. To all of that. That is so true. And you're right. We don't allow ourselves. I know when I say the words to people, I use the words, pleasure, delight. Mm. Um, um, what's the other words that I use? Like there's certain words that I use where I can see people almost like, like inhaling away from me oh, <laughs> right? yeah. because, because we're not used to be considering, oh, yes. what can you do today that will bring you pleasure? What yes. can you do today that will make you feel juicy? What can you Absolutely. do today that will delight and nourish your full body? Mm-hmm. Like I use this, I use this in my writing workshops. <laughs> I'm always like pushing this with people because we're, it's, we're not used to even like bringing those words in close to us. Like no, I can, not. I can delight myself. Like what would that even mean? Like I, yeah. And this is where like diet culture starts to come in Ooh, and this is yeah. where absolutely, um, you know, misogyny starts to come in and patriarchy and all these things. So yeah, I love what you just said so much Luna. And so for everyone listening, and- full permission to do something like this for yourself every day. And I love the variety that you named Luna. That's really helpful. Oh yeah. yeah. So many. And I love that you mentioned diet culture because a lot of mm-hmm. these practices that you and I are asking people to, to try, yeah. you know, I, I, I resent that calorie information lives in my head rent-free, oh, you know? So I annoying. It. So annoying. And, yeah. and I resent only... that I have to see it on menus Ugh. and in a drive-through. I'm like, stop it. I don't want stop that. It. We don't need stop that. It. it actually nobody asked for that. Doesn't even work. That's the other thing. No, too, that's the thing. Yeah. But so many of us have learned, like I, I'm a really slow eater. And I think the only reason I've developed a habit of slow eating is because I never wanted to be the fatty that finished first yes. at the table. Yes. Oh my God. Right. Yes. And so I'm like, do I even <laughs> like slow eating? Or, you know, and so I don't even know what I like. Do I like donuts or do I tell myself I don't like them because I think they're uh, air quote bad food? You know, so this also spills over into our sexual selves. Like, do you, you know, are you kinky or do you think that only like thin, white, young women Mm -hmm. in leather corsets can be kinky and that's not for you? Right. right? It's 50 shades of gray or nothing. That's it. If you don't look (laughs) like Dakota Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're out. Yeah. You're in for boring missionary for the rest of your life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. And I think it's, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it spills over even to attractiveness. So if we can't see ourselves um, with even the possibility of someone desiring us or um, us delighting in that desire, then we also are objectifying our partners because there was, yes. there was a time where I had to look at my own attractiveness when I was swiping right or left on Tinder. And, you know, I was like, do I, do I actually like, who am I swiping right on? And of course it's conventionally attractive, tall white men, even yeah. though I'm queer and I like all kinds 
kinds of bodies, but mm-hmm. faced with pictures, you know, what are we going to do? And so I actually intentionally started swiping left on people that were shorter, that were um, POC, that mm-hmm. were maybe not conventionally attractive. And um, I ended up going on a date with someone that was 5'4", and I'm almost 5'8", so it was a pretty big difference. Yeah. And um, I realized that a lot of my desire for taller men was fat phobia. It was internalized fat phobia. Yes. I'm like, I want to be the smaller one. Yep. When do you ever see like a fat person, it being acceptable for them to mm-hmm. be the bigger person unless they're a man? Yep. And uh, it was it was such a, an opening for me because I thought, if this is the only attractiveness that I'm attracted to, there's absolutely no room for mm-hmm. me to even consider myself attractive yeah. in these standards, right? Yes. Like this is like, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Well, and you're doing the exact same thing that diet culture has done to you. You're objectifying mm-hmm. others based on Oof. this set of criteria too, right? And it's like, whoa, yes. hang on now, how I'm now doing it at the same yes. time. Yes. Um, I also think it's so interesting. I remember reading some, some articles and some studies that were talking about how, what we're actually attracted to is another person's confidence. Like if Mm. someone is confident in themselves, that it's almost like it overrides our social programming. And so that that's such an important piece of this too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think I, that's so, that's such good research because when someone's confident, they feel like they belong. And yeah. so they automatically are not like arrogant. People are competing with you. They need to show you they're the best. They need to take up more space and yeah. confident people are like, cool. Like I'm very present. I'm here. And what's up with you? You know, they tend to be more engaging. And so sexually confident people, they actually show higher results of satisfaction during sex mm. because when you're sexually confident, you're more relaxed you're more open to fun and you actually are more present in, in your body and you're not trying to escape it. You're not trying to edit it or hide it. And this isn't an all or nothing thing. You know, there are moments where in the middle of sex, I'll be like, Oh, I thought that was hot and that felt (laughs) good, but then I caught a look of it. And you know, I have to, I have to learn to bring myself back. And my, I actually use, you're going to think it's ridiculous. I use um, uh, kind of like a a trigger phrase. And so if I notice myself thinking about that, I immediately take a deep breath and I think to myself, Oh, I forgot I'm a goddess. Oh, yes. I love that. Yes. Oh, right. I'm a goddess. play and silliness is will also feel like you can take up more space in in your bedroom because you're a goddess serious you know and I'm a goddess and yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad you like that (laughs) even as you said that I felt like the grounding and the centering of it like oh yeah right Right? I'm a goddess yes 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 Yes. all those people that don't like your body they're in your head but they're not in your room no, <laughs> and you get to kick them out. You get to be like, yes. get out. Yes. Um, and you actually, once you start doing this work, you become unattracted to that. You yeah. actually become unattracted to people who are trying to objectify you or don't yeah. see you or don't adore you in the ways that that you want, whether that's your yeah. long-term partner or it's new partners, you start mm-hmm. to become uncomfortable with people treating you like you aren't good enough. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, you just, you you don't settle anymore yeah, for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because before that, it's almost like, or at least I'll speak for myself. I used to feel like, well, this is the best I can get. And I yes. don't know of a sadder thought than that. <laughs> yeah. This oh. is the best. No, better, please. More, please. Like I, yeah, that was such a huge yes. shift for me as well, especially when it comes to relationships and sex. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I mm-hmm. think that when you start to do this work, um, it's not like you're 
dating pool or your, you know, your lover pool gets bigger. It actually gets smaller. Yeah. And, um, but I think what it's done for me is that those moments where someone rejects me or disappoints me, it's that it's, it it doesn't actually touch my sense of self-worth anymore. Yes. It's not about you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I still get sad. I get mad, but I don't have that loss of, or that beating to, to my inner little self that is just trying to be loved or liked. Right. She's like, Oh, that's okay. We can come home to you. You like me. That's Mm -hmm. cool. And I don't like me all the time, but I know how to come back home. So I work with people to build those bridges. Like what Mm -hmm. is your little bridge look like from the place where you are to the place of more peace, more peace in this body? Oh, I love that so much. Um, I'm so curious. I've been, there's, I'm curious about what is great about fat bodied sex and what is not so great about fat bodied sex. And then I want to talk about toys. Okay. But we'll start. Oh my God. So many things. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's start with the great. (laughs) I think the, the great thing is um, I think there's, there's a a bunch of great things, but I think one of them is that when fat people own their bodies, because we've not had our bodies validated in the same ways that let's say thinner people have, um, you know, we, we actually, there's, there's almost a level level or a layer that comes through with that sexual satisfaction. So we start to feel really great in our body and we start to own it. And that builds your partner's confidence. So their reception of you owning it. And then, I mean, we can even talk about physically because there's, there's been a lot about just accept your body and who cares and do that. But there, there are some beautiful things about fat sex. And as a fat sex or a fat person, I, often was having sex with thin people. Mm-hmm. And I thought this that was part of my attractiveness rollover. And when I started having sex with other fat people, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> there, I just got a shiver. Like there's ah. so much about mm, yeah. there's so much about the even the weight, like like yes. having someone who's weighty and yeah. and feeling that it's almost like an anxiety blanket. It's like someone who's yeah. fat lies on top of me or I lie on top of them. Um yeah. and I think also just the there's a you know, sometimes what looks good doesn't feel as good. And so you might like the look of a a muscular body and those are great too, but we've been told that fat bodies aren't attractive because they don't look that way. But think about how soft and how like full and Mm -hmm. just like juicy it feels to, you know, hug, hug a person who's bigger. Um, so true. Yeah. Yes. I agree with all of that. Have experienced all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the not great things, I mean, you talked a little bit about um, ability and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, anyone at any size could have knee problems or hip problems, but we, we tend to hear about them in the sexual context for fat people um, or people living with like chronic illnesses. And um, I think that there are always, always hacks to everything. So in my face sitting video, I show about there's about nine different options for how to position your legs, your knees, your hips um, oh. for face sitting, right? So it's not just you plop yourself down and you suffer right. through the, I can't hold my legs this wide or my thighs are making them suffer. <laughs> and yeah. um, There's always something, uh, but to be able to embrace that kind of creative sex hacking, we have to have good sexual communication. If we're not yes. talking about it, we're like trying to suffer through it. That's a, that's a big challenge. Yeah, that's that's the whole be vulnerable and talk to, and courageous and talk to your partner. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to say, babe, it's because I'm fat. Let's do this. You can say, hey, I want a better angle so I can sit on your face better. Can mm-hmm. you put a pillow under your head? You know, that's yeah, that's function. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think some people are worried about being sweaty. Not all fat people are sweaty, but I'm definitely a yeah. sweaty fat person. I'm sweating yeah. now. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we feel that when our body does normal things during sex or anything that yeah. it's extra abnormal because we're fat. Yes. And, it's like a right? double. Oh my God. It's I know. Any noise. It's like, oh, yeah. it's because I'm fat. It's like, no, it's because it's a body. It makes noises. Yes. yes. <laughs> Bodies are beautiful and they're disgusting. So yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think often um, what's challenging too is that a lot of like sexual information and even sex toys, they're, you know, we don't talk about them in terms of getting over bigger bellies or more yeah. voluminous butts, you know, like like what are the positions to to get into for that? And those are all specific. They're just hacks like they would be hacks for anything else. Got it. Yeah. Are there some good, like if we just talk positions for a second, I'm super curious. Yeah. I'm yeah. always wanting to try new things. Um, yes. Are there certain body positions that work better for, let's just take bigger bellies because I also have a bigger okay. belly. So like, okay. are there certain positions that work really well for that? Yes. So for, if you've got a bigger belly, sometimes missionary can be challenging, especially if your partner has a a bigger belly too. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that you can kind of hack that is like, we're always working with the angles of our pelvis. That's actually just going to increase pleasure anyways. And um, so almost like having your pelvis, if you're on your back and being able to tilt your pelvis using either a sex cushion or folding your, I fold a pillow in half and um, I put it right under my pelvis. yeah. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden now your pelvis is tilted up oh yeah the angle would be really good for that. totally and yeah. your belly kind of falls like more forward so it right. kind of increases space for where your basically where your fupa is where your fatter yeah. pussy is yeah and, and so yeah. um another great position is being on top and a lot of fat people with bellies don't want to be on top because they're like oh my god the angle yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're looking up at everything <laughs> you know what throw a blindfold on them and mm-hmm. you get on top and, and start to feel yourself on top. And then you will already be feeling yourself by the time your partner looks at you. Yeah. And so it's this moment of like, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. Won't you join me? And yes. and it's so much more than performance when we get to that kind of mindset. Yeah. And I love, I love that position too, because it's so empowering, especially I'll speak for myself as a woman. Like, it's like, yeah, like we're going to go at my rate and what I want. And there's something so sexy about that. That's, that's where I think I get really interested in like power play stuff. Cause that is, yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels really great. I like that. I like that you said mm-hmm. that too, that it's, um, it kind of brings out these other aspects of your, your sexuality where you can own mm-hmm. it. And, and especially as women, you know, whether you like taking charge or you don't, but expanding your erotic self is, is just going to mean more pleasure for you. Yeah. So that means trying things. You might not like it the first time you will definitely feel awkward as fuck the first time you try something. Oh, and that's yes. not about you. <laughs> that's just like, whatever. So you know, yeah. tell your partner, be like, babe, I feel awkward, but I want to get on top anyways. Yeah. And and that's okay. Just name it, say it, or, you know, come prepared, come prepared with a little mantra or a plan. You know, what are you going to do when you feel awkward? Yeah. Like you might need to, I've had plans where 
Um, especially when I'm engaging in things like threesomes. Um, I say to myself, if you feel awkward, you're going to take a break. You're going to go to the bathroom and you're just going to check in with yourself. Sometimes I've gone to the bathroom and cried. Sometimes I've gone to the bathroom and decided I want to go home. These people are not adoring me. Um, and other times I'm like, oh, you know what? This is somebody else's narrative in my head that Mm. is getting in the way of my clit and let's, (laughs) oh, I'm a goddess. And then I go back. (laughs) I love that. Again, we come back to permission again, don't we? It's like, we do. Yeah. Oh, this way of giving ourselves permission. Um, I, I, have you watched the show how to build a sex room? Uh, no, not yet. It's on my list. It's on my list. (laughs) All right. It is. So I thought I knew a lot about sex and then I, I, I got like a really great uh, additional tutorial for certain things from the show. I thought the show was great. I love how they just normalized Mm. all different types of sex. I thought, I thought it was really, I'm actually super curious, but like you would think as a a sex educator, but I really loved it. And it made me, I literally, after I finished, I like binged it. I watched like all, I think eight episodes in like a day. (laughs) And then I literally made like a sex toy list for myself. (laughs) There's like 10 things on it, Luna. Um, So I want to talk about sex toys because one of the things that comes up a lot. And I'm part of all these really wonderful, incredible, supportive Facebook groups, like fat chats and, and all different ones. And so one of the things that comes up a lot is around like finding toys, whether that be vibrators or strap-ons or whatever that work for different size bodies. Cause so much seems to be built with kind of like everything else in our world, straight size bodies in mind. So super curious from your perspective, like where do we go to get toys? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because like, sometimes we don't even know it doesn't work until we get home and we're like, damn, like my belly doesn't like work with this or my butt doesn't do this. Yes. I bought some toys from the sex show. We went to a couple of years ago, I think before we must've gone and I got home so excited. I'm like, Oh, this does, this does not, I can't even reach. (laughs) This does not not work. (laughs) And we spent a lot of money on it. Cause that's the other thing. Sex toys are expensive. So yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. 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 Um, my, my couple recommends would be that if you're shopping from somewhere, please don't buy your shit off Amazon. Um, it's often not like the legit brand of stuff. Mm. So we've heard stories of, um, you know, magic wands, like their motors burning out and because they're not actually a magic wand. (laughs) And so, yeah. So, you know, you want to buy from a reputable place because a place, I mean, if you're in, well, I mean, Toronto's sex shops will ship anywhere, but if you're looking at good for her as come as you are, these are feminist shop. So you could also ask, you know, like what I'm looking for a G spot vibrator. Do you, what do you recommend for someone with a bigger belly or what do you and recommend are they well for trained? accessibility? Like, yes. are they, yeah. okay. That's the other thing too, is like, I've also been to places where you could just tell people had never worked with someone with yes. my body size. Absolutely. I find that, um, the queer and, and feminist shops are, are much more, Um, inclusive in their knowledge. And they also seek out um, merchandisers that are thinking about these needs. So for example, if you're looking for like a first toy, whether you're playing with yourself or with a partner, there's two I recommend. Um, Any, any of the, the wands, like the powerful wands. So I love the wand because like the look of them is really good. Um, But the magic wand, if you just are worried about function, you know, that's the old school Cadillac of of vibrators. Mm -hmm. And anytime you have a longer wand, that means it's easier or longer handle. That's easier for accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And Um, You know, if you've already got something that you don't like and you're like, shit, I can't reach this. You know, most toys you can still grind on. 
And so even putting your toy oh, yeah. on a pillow or on your stomach um, and then putting it between your legs, you could still sort of grind and practice like getting into your hips and generating that sexual energy from your hips. Oh, yeah. um, you're almost dry humping your toy, basically. And your partner yeah. could be having sex with you like from behind, for example, right. while you're like rocking on it. Um, and then there's another toy. It's it's called a bunch of like different names, but um, it's it's like an orchid wand or a G-spot wand. It's plastic and battery operated, but it's a hard plastic, so it's not mm-hmm. porous. This toy has a long handle, and I have bought probably six of them over like the last 10, 12 years because they are so cheap. And um, mm. they are also great on anybody's body. So G-spot toys, you want them angled for your easy G-spot accessibility. And a firmer G-spot toy is going to be more successful than a softer one because G-spot's just like firm, continuous yeah. kind of pressure. But for fat bodies, a lot of times the handles are not great. Um, or you're finding like rabbit style toys, which have dual vibrators. But, um, you know, everyone's clit is a different space from mm-hmm. their home. And so that's what I've always right? wondered about that. Yeah. Because I tried yeah. one, I was like, this isn't, it's not hitting where it should. No. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So if you're, if you are going for G-spot stuff, the the orchid wand I find is really great because mm-hmm. you can also use it on nipples. You can use it on penises. You can use it on mm-hmm. buttholes, like the outside of buttholes. And, but it's best for like internal stimulation and the long handle plus the power is really good. Oh, nice. um, but for rabbits, you want to look for the style of dual vibrators where it has a flexible arm. So the rabbit ears are usually like pretty straight, yeah. but um if you look at like WeVibe or Fun Factory toys, they have flexible arms. They are pricier, um, but they're more likely to be a better ergonomic fit for for most bodies. Oh, amazing. So what about um, things like strap-ons and costumes? And like, there's all these things where I'm just like, surely the belts will not fit around my waist. Like how, how do we find that kind of stuff? And it are also too things like, I don't know, um, restraints, like, are, is there any difference with straight size bodies to fat size bodies for those types of things too? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, let me start with strap on. So with strap-ons, a lot of the ones that you're going to find that um, come with like a kit that has the dildo and whatever else you you need the harness, those ones are not going to fit bodies pretty much like over a size 12, I think. Yeah. yeah. So you want to look for, for strap-ons that have adjustable um, widths. And so Aslan, if you like leather um, strap-ons, Aslan Leather is local to Toronto and their strap-ons go up to a 54 or 55 inch waist. Um, mm-hmm. So you could be, that way it's also, if you want your partner to wear it, you want somebody mm-hmm. else to wear it, like it's great that it's adjustable. Um, you can also look for, I think it's sports sheets that has um, sports sheets and spare parts. They both have panty style harnesses and they mm-hmm. come in plus size. Um, I think up to a 3X maybe. Um, but for those ones, it's a, it's sometimes challenging because plus size people, if we put on panties, you know, we don't we don't want the muffin top. We don't want like all these right, things, right? Like kind of right. like squishing out. Um, so what I what I do suggest sometimes is that if you like the panty look, the the harness actually gives you a better 
um, power and function. So it doesn't slip as much. You don't have to hold on to it as much. You can actually just put a pair of panties over your harness and cut a hole oh, in it. So you smart. have the look you want. This is what the lesbians were doing back before, you know, strap on <laughs> became a thing so these are our ancestors here like right (laughs) ancestral wisdom (laughs) yeah exactly exactly Um, and then what was, what was the other one? It was, oh, and sorry for dildos for strap on play. If you do have a belly, if your partner has a big butt, um, you want to go with a longer dildo. So it's, Mm. it's easier to kind of get into them. And again, you can have them sit on your dildo. You can prop them up on pillows. Um, but it, it can be, it takes a little bit of time to get used to being the penetrator. And so if you like, what I do is I put on my strap on, I dance around with it. Like, oh, just kind of like, yeah, (laughs) I'm, I love that. Right. Like just to see like, what is this like? What is it like to kind of walk in these shoes for a little bit? Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, And then things like restraints and like, do those make any difference for fat bodies or no? Sometimes. So um, depending on like the width of your wrists or your ankles, I think, yeah, I think a lot of buckled restraints probably don't consider, um, kind of beyond like a mid-sized fat person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would recommend is if you're not into doing things like rope, which requires knowledge and technique of knots and safety, my favorite thing is bondage tape. It's so cheap. Oh. It works for wrist or ankle cuffs. You probably can't tie someone to a bed with it, um, but it also works as a blindfold and a gag and it doesn't stick to your hair. So oh. it's so versatile. It's so versatile, yeah. And you I've can find it anywhere, bondage that. tape. Yeah. Like at Home Depot? Um, I would buy from from a sex shop because you're more likely to get I don't know if they actually carry it on at, at Home Depot. I was um, kidding. I didn't even know that. Oh, really? But I, I was like, maybe. <laughs> I was like, oh, surely not. But I kind of love the idea of going to Home Depot and asking. I know you can ask them. Be like, excuse me, do you have bondage tape? <laughs> uh, so much. They'll be like bonding pipe. I'll be like, yes. Yes, sure. That's what I'm bonding. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, this is also helpful. I feel like these are questions that people have and often don't know where to ask them or who to ask them of. And yeah, this is great. I love that you just like, I wrote down like all the different things you named just because I'm like, oh, I want to check out this and this and this and this. And um, because I don't want to feel like I don't get to have all the fun that I want to have because I'm in a fat body. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luna, I feel like we've already talked so much about joy because this topic is all about joy and pleasure, but for you, like to bring it back to you, where do you feel really connected to your fat joy? How does that show up for you? Uh, You know what? There's two places. I think one, and and I didn't talk about this a lot, but um, self-pleasure and solo pleasure. So masturbation, whether it leads to orgasm, whether you even take your panties off, it doesn't matter. About touching yourself in a sensual, erotic way is has been so powerful to remind me that that bump or lump or fatness that I don't like to look at is actually this huge vessel for magnificent, infinite pleasure. And, um, you know, unless you're J-Lo, like we're all aging. So, you know, even people who are not fat, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I like J-Lo. Only J-Lo is excluded. I, yes. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're all aging and we're all going to have to come to terms with a, a changing body and a body that's getting increasingly disabled. And so it's great to be able to practice kind of finding the pleasure that's going to be available to you. Now I'm 42 or, you know, when I'm 62, 72, yeah, things are going to change, but I want to know how to get curious about my body. And masturbation is a really good place to do that. The other thing that I do is um, I bought myself a pair of knee pads and uh, I made a playlist called Goddess Groove. And (laughs) anytime I should damn a song, that's like, (laughs) oh my God, that makes me feel like a stripper. I actually, I actually put on my knee pads and I, I just dance around on, on the floor or on my bed, whatever my body's able to do. And I used to care about it looking like choreographed or whatever, but now it's, for me, it's about flow. It's Mm. about opening up all those stagnant areas that me and society have closed doors on because Mm. we've been told it's not good enough. We've been told to tame it, edit it. It's really going back to that, that whole rebel vibe that we started talking about. And, um, Dance is an amazing way to move that energy, but often dance is about performance. And so this is, this is dance for your fat joy, your fat body, whether you sit in a chair and just wail your neck or your arms around, who cares? Mm. Like that's still movement. Yes. Oh my God. Those are both so wonderful. Thank you. I love that. I will be doing both of those. Um, (laughs) um, Luna, this has been such a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I hope you will come back and we can talk again because we didn't even talk about anal sex. We didn't talk about your peg the patriarchy work. I mean, there's so many things (laughs) still for us to chat about, Um, but I am so, so grateful that you joined us. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so proud and inspired that you're creating this space to talk about fat joy. So thank you to everyone who tuned in too. And you're getting your Mm -hmm. dose of fat joy today. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And I will share in the show notes where everyone can contact you, check you out. And um, thank you. Yeah. I hope everyone does because you are wonderful. Thank you. Luna. Thank you. Before we go, I'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way. Poems can have us feel in a different way. And that's what this podcast is about, expanding our hearts, deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. Today's poem is called Homage to My Hips, and it's by Lucille Clifton. These hips are big hips. They need space to move around in. They don't fit into little pretty places. These hips are free hips. They don't like to be held back. These hips have never been enslaved. They go where they want to go. They do what they want to do. These hips are mighty hips. These hips are magic hips. I've known them to put a spell on a man and spin him like a top. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on the website at www.fatjoy.life, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Please don't forget to check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. 
talk again soon.